Welcome to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Our focus is the novel coronavirus. I'm Josh Sharfstein, a faculty member at Johns Hopkins and also a former secretary of Maryland's Health Department. Our goal with this podcast is to bring evidence and experts to help you understand today's news about the novel coronavirus and what it means for tomorrow. If you have questions, you can email them to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu for future podcast episodes. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Bin Chao, Vice President and Director of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine at the China-Japan Friendship Hospital in Beijing. Dr. Chao has been working in Wuhan, China, responding to COVID-19 for the past two months. In this interview, he speaks about how the situation has changed in Wuhan over this last two months, about protecting healthcare workers from infection, about the risk factors for death from COVID-19 in Wuhan, and about ongoing research to identify treatments. Let's listen. Dr. Chow, thank you very much for joining me today from Wuhan, China. How, how are you doing today? Well, fine. Great. So let me just make sure I understand. You usually work in Beijing. Yeah. But for the last two months, you have been in Wuhan, both taking care of patients and doing research. Is that yes, correct? Sir. Yeah, correct. And... What is the situation now in Wuhan with respect to the novel coronavirus? Yes, there's a very few newly onset of uh, uh, COVID-19 cases. But uh, one, one month ago, that the, uh, the situation is very different. What was it like when you got there to Wuhan? Uh, you mean that uh, on the first day, right? Y- yes. Yeah. Firstly, when we came to Wuhan, there are many, many cases. And the uh, um, and Wuhan city... Um, uh, open um, new hospitals uh, to enroll um, the uh, many uh, cases, uh, and during the last month, yes, um, uh, most uh, most of the patients recovered and, and discharged from the hospitals. So um, the the good news is that during the last one one week, there are very few uh, newly onset of of uh, of the COVID nineteen uh, cases. And I uh, yes yes and 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 I'm happy yes to anticipate the uh, the normal life of of the uh, general population. Well, that's very very good news. While you have been there, I'm sure you have seen many things. Right now, we have cities in the United States that are thinking about what could happen in the United States. Um, based on your experience, do you have particular um, advice about how serious this problem can get? Yes, I think the uh, yes several days ago the the WHO uh, uh, general uh, secretary uh, in the TV show that uh, he mentioned that what the, the the priority that every country should pay enough attention yes to the situation. I think it is the most important. Another thing is very clear that it is uh, it is one kind of respiratory uh, uh, tract infection. And the disease can be transmitted from person to person. And tell me about uh, the challenges or what, what has been done to protect healthcare workers in the hospital that you are working in in Wuhan. What's been the most important to protect healthcare workers? I think the, uh, it, is, it is not the most difficult for healthcare workers, uh, the prevention of the nosocomial infection. Uh, the doctors or nurses have the, uh, the protective equipment 
uh, such as the uh, such as the uh, the mask and the uh, the protective clothes, uh, clothing. Mm -hmm. I think it's there's no worry about to be uh, infected in hospitals. And I mean, we we've read that that initially there were a lot of healthcare workers infected yeah. in in yeah. Wuhan. So. This is a lesson that the American uh, doctors and that American nurses should learn from uh, from China side. Yes, in the beginning, yes, because of the uh, because of that that um, in some hospitals, the doctors and nurses did not pay enough attention to the disease. But but before they really knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. I think it's a lesson. Yes. Yeah. So I think the lesson. It, um, the, the Chinese doctors have been yet yes well two months ago. So, so I do not want American doctors have the same lesson. Yeah, if you right. realize that is a is a disease, is a transmittable disease, you will have find a way yes to uh, prevent North Korean infection. But if not, if you if you do not do not think it's a is a new disease. You will have. You will be. Uh, you will um, uh, uh, suffer. Yeah, risk. Yeah, risk. Yes, that's a that, that's a risky situation. Yeah, yeah. So um, now I understand you've been leading some research projects at in the in the hospital there. You recently published a paper in Lancet. Could you tell us the main finding of your paper? Uh, yes, yes. We um, we have two papers published uh, in Lancet yeah, during the last month. The uh, first paper was published in January twenty fourth, on the on the eve of uh, a Chinese traditional traditional holiday, the Spring Festival. So, uh, um, the second paper was published two days ago. Um, yes, um, yes, I have I have said that it's a new disease. So, if uh, if we want to know the new disease, we have to uh, 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 we have to uh, uh, spend time. It takes time for clinicians to learn the the new disease. the The two papers are two steps of the clinicians get to know the disease. Uh, the first step is that it's just like a, just like a, a portrait of a, of a disease. So it's not very clear that we only figure out that what is what is uh, what the disease looks like. Um, just as you look yourself in the mirror, in a in a long distance, so you cannot fig figure out how. Uh, and I think the, the the most priority of the first paper is that we tell the world that is a disease caused by a new coronavirus. So this, this right. is a finding. That was a very very important yeah. paper. And what about the second? The paper? second paper is that we go uh, more deeper to the disease, which means that. We um, closely uh, monitor the progress of the disease from the onset of illness to the end. So the end means that that is charge or death. So uh, during the whole course, we we have the close observation of the disease, such as how many days the fever will last, how many days of the of the cough will last, and what the, per the percentage of patients still suffer from cough on the day of discharge, and and what right. the change of the symptoms, such as if the patient recovered from fever, but he had new onset of dyspnea or even shot in the breast, a part of them may even develop ARDS even after they have recovered from fever. So this is a so I see that's a, that's a lung failure. That's a very serious serious problem. Even after they've recovered from fever, their lungs can yeah, fail. Yeah, you're right. 
Let, let me ask you um, this. There's been some questions that have come up about whether people who recover may be left with permanent uh, lung disease of one kind or another. Is that covered in your paper? Do you have a view on that topic? Um, pulmonary fibrosis, for example, or other lung conditions, even if they recover. Yeah, but yeah, maybe next paper. Yeah, but not not in this paper. And another another finding of this paper is that the uh, we find the the the, the risk risk factors for uh, for death. And in this paper, we have three main findings. First, is the the age. It seems that the elderly patients will die from the from the the the, the disease more easily compared with the the young patient, patients. And second, is that we find the 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 SOFA score. SOFA score is a is a marker for uh, for sepsis. And in this paper, we mentioned that um, yeah, briefly previously yes sepsis usually mean the bacteria infection and bacteremia, but in this situation, they prove that the sepsis may be only due to virus, the coronavirus. I see. Yeah, it's a new concept. Yes, we have the same situation of the of the of the patients has only new coronavirus infection, but no co-infection with, with bacteria. So this is this is our our another wow. uh, finding of this paper. Uh, third is that we find that that the increased dimer will be a good marker to predict the death of the patient. I see. That's a blood test that can be uh, done. And, 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 uh, and the reader yes, sent me an email, asked the same question that uh, he's, a, he's a faculty of a, of a, of a university. And, and his question is that, uh, Dr. Tao, can you explain that why dimer is a good predictor for, for death? Here is uh, his answer that you mean that the uh, the virus can bind to the uh, the cells of of the human beings by the receptor of AC2, and there are a lot of AC2 receptors on the uh, alveolar epithelium. This is uh, this is the top the, the, the top level of the of the of the cells. Another cell type is the endocytes of the of the blood vessels. So it yeah, it seems that the uh, the virus can Firstly, invade the lung, and from from the lung to spread to the blood, and as soon as as soon as the the virus spread spread into the into the blood vessel, the the virus will bind to the uh, endocytes. I see. The, yeah, that, yeah. That's that's one of the cells in the blood vessels, and then it can um, even yeah. replicate there. Damage damage the endocytes as soon as. As soon as there's a damage or endocyte, there will be clots, and the and the clots will be everywhere, all the all the body clots. Yes, clots. And 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 that that can really put somebody at risk for death right there when that happens. Let let me ask you about treatment. Um, what has been the most successful treatment, and what kind of research studies are underway? Right now, to find even uh, more successful treatments. Yeah, I think it's a it's a both an easy question and a difficult question. The easy question is that is an infection disease. Infectious disease is an infectious disease caused by virus. So the easy answer is that we should use antivirals. So it's a it's an easy question. A difficult question is that how can we find a effective and a safe Antivirus. 
So at this time, yes, our, our team are leading three clinical trials of antivirals to COVID-19. The first trial is the uh, clinical trial, uh, uh, lopinavir and ritonavir. And the, uh, this trial we have uh, uh, successfully uh, completed and, and our uh, paper is under review. Uh, so uh, I, I think the, all the audience will, will, will read our paper um, Great. Yeah, maybe uh, next week or in two weeks. Yeah, okay. yeah. After that, we have been leading two uh, Ramdesivir trials, Ramdesivir 1 and Ramdesivir 2. Ramdesivir 1 focused on viral to moderate pneumonia cases and Ramdesivir 2 uh, for the uh, severe and critical cases. Both Ramdesivir trials are going are moving forward. Uh, I think maybe uh, uh, the Ramdesivir 2 uh, for, for, for severe and critical cases is, is faster uh, compared with, with mild to moderate cases. So uh, okay. yeah, maybe I think the audience will, will read our paper uh, next month. Uh, okay. So uh, as soon as we uh, um, and there and there's another trial, a third trial. Too? Yeah, uh, there are one uh, one one lopinavir trial, two remdesivir trial. Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I think it is the Chinese uh, physicians' tradition uh, uh, contribution yes to uh, to the inside, uh, international society and it's going to be extremely important yeah. those studies will be extremely important is anybody um, thinking about using antibodies um, from patients who have recovered as a treatment yeah it's a, it's an it's another trial yes we are con- uh, we are, uh, we, are uh, we are conducting uh, now yes uh, uh, yes you mentioned the, the the convalescence plasma trial and we have also registered in our local registration uh, website. And yeah, um, at this time, yes, we have uh, tested no more than one hundred patients. So, uh, uh, so we can uh, I cannot tell you the uh, what the uh, uh, effects and the uh, the. Uh, but it's but it but it seems at least that the uh, convalescent plasma is uh, is safe um, uh, uh, in our uh, uh, in our clinical trials. So uh, yeah, maybe is a I think maybe is a is a option yes for treatment of, but but in our trial, we'll have to see the data and whether people get better. Yeah, right? yeah, we'll, yeah, we we'll have to see yeah, the the study. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we uh, well, in our trial we only tested severe critical cases, so we have no data for mild moderate cases. I see for the plasma at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is um, this is extremely helpful important information. I want to thank you for spending time with us and for all that you are doing for the people of Wuhan over the last two months, starting when it was obviously very difficult and now when uh, the number of cases has dropped considerably. Um, And thank you for the information and the lessons for uh, the United States and other countries around the world. And I really wish you the best in all the work that you're doing to identify uh, treatments uh, for patients with COVID-19. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Please send questions to be covered in future podcasts to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. This podcast is produced by Josh Sharpstein, Lindsay Smith-Rogers, and Lamari Morales. Audio production by Niall Owen McCusker with support from Chip Hickey. Distribution by Nick Moran. Thank you for listening.